Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Boneheads and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove. I am your host and king of the boneheads, Ryan Howard, and good lord am I pale, at least in the uh, new lighting that I have here set up. Uh, yeah, I uh, I wish the, uh, the white lights that came with my new green screen uh, were a little less harsh, but you know, I'd, maybe I just need more sun. That is entirely likely. Anyway, that's just an aside. Uh, from looking at myself here as I'm uh, I'm talking to you guys, um, well, thank you, Elfie. I- I'm glad that the new lighting at least brings out my eyes, uh, which I've been told are one of my best features. And yes, we should go to the pool. I just have to catch me on a day where I'm not feeling like crap about myself. I feel fine most days, just, you know. Push that to the side. That's not what we're here to talk about. Anyway, today's episode is not something I wanted to talk about again until I actually had the box in front of me. Until I actually received the delivery from UPS or USPS or whoever... I didn't want to talk about this thing on the show ever again, but IDW uh, has proven that the problems here are pretty much, I'm going to say 99% theirs, and about 1% the license holder for Batman the Animated Series. So, not to bury the lead here, we're talking about the uh, Kickstarter for the Ogs Batman the Animated Series game that IDW put out damn near two years ago. February of 2020 was the beginning of that Kickstarter, um, and we are sitting here in 2021. Still waiting on fulfillment, still waiting on several important details, actually. Um, And I've talked about this before, obviously. I talked about this... Uh, when I was talking kind of generally about Kickstarter and mistakes that I've seen creators make and how I feel they should, you know, rectify these mistakes, what they should do moving forward, purely from the consumer side. I have never once uh, done a Kickstarter myself. So, um, basically, I was just talking as a consumer what consumers want to see. And in that video, I gave a lot of crap 
to Warner Brothers, the license holder for one of the things that they did, uh, which we'll get into again. But uh, I, I feel like I need to shift a little bit of the blame here onto IDW themselves because there are some problems uh, that only they can answer, only they can solve, uh, that have not been solved. And so we're just going to go kind of beginning to end here with this campaign, talk a little bit about IDW's history with campaigns, talk about the circumstances that complicate a massive project like this, talk about some of the roadblocks that IDW hit with the campaign, and ultimately, you know, hopefully we're going to come to some kind of conclusion where... We know moving forward, you know, this is not how you're supposed to run a Kickstarter campaign. So there's going to be a lot of screen share. Uh, and again, I, I do have to emphasize, uh, I am a backer of this campaign. I have been a backer since very early on. Uh, so I do have uh, some some money tied up in this particular campaign. I have never run a Kickstarter campaign before, and I have never manufactured a physical product before. I've not gone through uh, that particular rigmarole myself. So, again, this is purely going to be from a consumer point of view. This is a consumer opinion. And there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of vitriol. There's a lot of issues that backers have been having with this campaign uh, basically since it wrapped. And it, it not only wrapped successfully, but it wrapped successfully with all stretch goals unlocked, uh, you know, put really big numbers up, uh, surpassed their last Kickstarter campaign, which was also super successful. But again, this is a consumer perspective on this particular issue. So Let's move on over to screen share. What do we have here? Thank you for uh, the follow there. I appreciate it. Cool. So, uh, without further ado, let's move on over to some screen share and take a look at this campaign. Uh, talk about the bad. Talk about some of the good. There's good here, too. And see what we can learn from this particular experience. Alrighty, so what are we looking at here? Uh, this is the Kickstarter page for Batman the Animated Series. Uh, currently we're on the updates. Let's go over to the campaign page just for uh, a little bit of additional context. Um, so I backed at the all-in level, meaning... I expect to receive, at some point, the Shadow of the Bat box set, which is not very clearly laid out here, but it is the, uh, it's the main box set. This is the primary set. Uh, this is what, like, the basic pledge level would get you, is this Shadow of the Bat box set plus stretch goals. Also, the Arkham Asylum expansion. The New Batman Adventures Character Pack, The Mask of Phantasm Story Pack, Mystery of the Batwoman Story Pack, Villain Upgrade Pack, All Stretch Goals Unlocked, uh, Duplicant Villain Pack, 
and the Kickstarter exclusive Alfred Pennyworth miniature. So all in, you're looking at a whole bunch of stuff, uh, 52 hero dice, 440 tokens, and this is the big thing that got me uh, basically to the dance is 96 miniatures. 96 miniatures for a property that I love. And, and make no mistake, I am a tremendous Batman fan, especially Batman the Animated Series. Batman the Animated Series brought me to the dance as far as, you know, liking Batman. Uh, that was my first exposure to the character. I am of the generation where uh, the first time we saw Batman was uh, in that brilliant Paul Dini, uh, Tim Sale, uh, not, not Tim Sale, Bruce Tim. Tim Sale is a different Batman artist. That Bruce Tim universe of, uh, you know, Batman and Superman and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. These are all shows that I grew up on and have a great affection for. So not only getting all of these miniatures of characters that I love, you know, Batman, Batgirl, Robin, Catwoman, Joker, Mr. Freeze, but even, you know, scrolling down into some of these expansions, uh, the, the characters that are covered here, the Grey Ghost, Zatanna, Etrigan, Red Claw, Rupert Thorne and his henchmen, Raish and Talia al Ghul, the, the pack rat, the condiment king, and Mighty Mom from Make Em Laugh. Okay, this is like some, some deep, deep animated series nostalgia that this is hitting. I have a VHS somewhere in my parents' house. They might have gotten rid of it. A VHS from when Toonami did a week-long Batman versus Superman event thing uh, on, on the show and on Cartoon Network's website, and they ran back-to-back -back Batman and Superman episodes for an entire week. On that VHS that I recorded, or that my mom recorded uh, these, these Toonami airings of these episodes on, uh, Avatar... The episode where Raish uh, tries to raise an Egyptian queen from the dead to uh, basically be his bride and grant him eternal life without the use of the Lazarus Pit. So, you know, that that was my first exposure to Raish and Talia al Ghul. Make Em Laugh was one of the episodes they showed. Uh, so all these characters, uh, these were some of the first uh, Batman the Animated Series episodes I remembered seeing. Girls Night Out was also one that was aired. So, yeah, I, I've got quite a bit of nostalgia tied up with this. And, and you know, some of the other episodes I remember seeing, for those of you who are real uh, animated series fanatics like myself, uh, they had those character VHSs uh, where you'd get basically two, maybe three episodes uh, based on a certain character. And they had those at Blockbuster. So it was basically an hour, maybe an hour and a half of content. Uh, but mine, my Blockbuster consistently had the uh, the Riddler VHS. So if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? And, uh, oh goodness, I don't remember the other one. Uh, there was another Riddler episode. I think it was Riddler's Reform were, were on there. And then there was another... 
different VHS that had Robin's Reckoning and Two-Face, Part 1 and 2. I definitely uh, got a VHS one time that had House and Garden, the episode where Poison Ivy, uh, like, basically is starting a family, uh, but there's... Her family's not real. They're plant monsters. Spoilers for a almost 30-year-old TV show. But yeah, that's what brought me in, is my my love and appreciation for this property. This, this, this specific instance of this property in particular. So being able to paint these figures, because uh, that's primarily where my interest lies. I'll play the game if someone will play it with me. But... Primarily, I bought this so I could paint these characters in the animated series style. I even learned, uh, you know, that that's why uh, I got in touch with Mike from Epic Duck Studios. That's why we had uh, that whole conversation and stuff. I was wanting to learn from him how to do comic style. And I ultimately, I ended up learning from him. I, I ended up learning how to, uh, you know, paint like that. By watching his content and, you know, talking with him. So that I could pull off these characters. Um, And I waited, and I waited, and ultimately this uh, project has been delayed several times. So, let's let's go through some of the history here. And this is going to be some scrolling updates. Because there have been 90. So, just to let you guys know, I found this, it was through Facebook advertising in February of 2020, uh, pretty much just a couple weeks after this Kickstarter had begun. The Kickstarter itself went for, I'm pretty sure it went for a full 30 days. It was a long campaign. And there was a lot of excitement. I I followed this thing hard because there was so much. Yeah, this went for this went for a full thirty days based on that uh, update date right there. So yeah, I'm gonna keep going, keep going, keep going. But there were constantly things that you know came up. I, I was constantly going, "All right, when are we going to get uh, Raish and Talia Al Ghul?" That was my comment that I kept making, and then this popped up uh, in February, February twenty sixth. Uh, we had unlocked the Assassins pack, and then the next, uh, you know, for I think it says a thousand K right there. I believe that's a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, no, that's a million. That was when we, I think that was when we crossed the million threshold. Was we got Raish. But I was super excited for that because, you know, obviously I love Raish al Ghul. I should not have done that. Because now it reset everything. But there were a lot of issues, even kind of early on in this campaign, there were some some issues popping up as far as presentation, in my opinion. I'll go through some of these updates and show you guys um, some of the issues that I had 
we don't need to go all the way back to the beginning. This thing started in 2019, though. There were all kind or not 20, 2020. There were all kinds of updates. You know, the the Mighty Mom, Condiment King, Pack Rat. All the way up through, um, and we'll get to right around the, what is it, last 48 hours. Nope. Uh, we don't need to go all the way back there. Anyway, here we're into post-funding. Uh, so this Kickstarter was funded. I don't remember the ultimate tally. We can go back and find that out. But this was uh, funded and social goals were being unlocked uh, here. March 12th, uh, the campaign was over. And so this is where, okay, now we're waiting for Backer Kit to open and production to begin. Okay, apparently here. So, yeah, just to just to let you guys know kind of where we were looking for. The baseline funding goal for this project was 20 or $225,000 and the end was 1.6 million was where this thing ended up. So, you know, right around here, backer kit. Backer kit launches, and now we're getting some digital samples from the factory. And this is where, and I talked about this, this is where some of my problems with the campaign started. These are terrible, terrible pictures. Uh, this is not... And I got reamed out by other Kickstarter, other, you know, Kickstarter backers for complaining about this. Uh, but this is not, that's not good image quality for updating your backers on this is what the miniatures are going to look like. Or this is the digital sample, kind of the, the first round inspection of this is what these figures could look like. This is not a good first impression to make. And the figures themselves look fine. That's not the problem. The problem is, again, it's the presentation. It's the quality of the photos. Having a decent setup for photographing miniatures is not all that much of an investment. Uh, the light box that I have for my miniatures cost me... $50, maybe a little bit more. And it came with backgrounds, lights, everything. And it served me pretty well. And I can get decent quality pictures out of that. Plus, uh, you know, my new camera phone is actually very, very good. It's a, it's Pixel 5, so that camera's pretty good. Even with just like a regular smartphone camera, though, that's not acceptable. He clearly, whoever took this picture, maybe it was Pete, uh, Pete Walsh is one of the good guys of this campaign. He's the designer of the game. I don't really know who did it, but they very clearly laid this on a table and then took a picture from above. That's not, that's not how you do it. 
you, you need to control the environment a little bit better. This is the nitpick of all nitpicks, though. So, uh, from there, and again, this is going to, it's going to do this every single time, unfortunately. But from there, um, we get to kind of the first major problem with the campaign, besides just the uh, overall quality of the images. So around this time also, you know, COVID and the shutdowns happen, which creates a huge problem uh, for shipping because world governments shut shipping down really kind of, you know, hampered everything. I don't have to tell you guys what happened over the past year. Um, just everything kind of hit the fan at once. And fulfilling this Kickstarter and, you know, getting everything manufactured suddenly became a degree harder. But nobody... Th there was not a single backer who wouldn't understand that. Maybe a couple, but those people are not realistic. Those are people who the warning that Kickstarter is not shopping is for. Things are going to, you know, problems are going to occur. Problems are going to happen. That much is uh, certain. However, COVID-19 should not have caught them that much off guard if they were planning on manufacturing this thing in China from the beginning, which they were. So, yeah. The COVID-19, it's called COVID-19 because it appeared in 2019. And there were already shutdowns and, and things happening in China in December of 2019 into 2020. They knew this problem was on the horizon, or should have known. So there should have been some kind of preparation for it. But anyway, they still say, you know, even in spite of all of this, original fulfillment timeline was December of 2020. This was going to be two backers by, uh, they were saying, early January. Or kind of mid-January, depending on where you lived. And they, all the way up until December 4th, this was the narrative. It's on track for late December shipping. It's on track, it's on track, it's on track. I could go through all 19,000 comments and show you where it says, you know, everyone... It's on track, it's going to be delivered in, in December. Then... We get into December of 2020, and out of nowhere, the very beginning of December, we suddenly hear from IDW. Greetings, Gothamites. While everything is progressing and we're thrilled with our final factory samples, a recent policy change with our licensor has resulted in the need for new box art and one final round of approvals. The overall art style has been maintained, so you'll still enjoy the same nostalgic aesthetic you've come to know and love. However, this minor change is paired with, a, with the multitude of boxes included in the campaign and the upcoming holiday season, 
will mean a small delay in shipping. We know that our original estimated delivery date of December means that some of you may have pledged here in order to give an epic gift to your favorite bat fan. We greatly appreciate your faith in us and that you plan to share our creation with friends and loved ones. To that end, our next update will contain a printable holiday pack that you can wrap up under the tree with a promise of adventures in the new year. By the way, that, that holiday package was like one page. But basically what happened was, here's the original art. This was going to be on the cover of Shadow of the Bat. And again, I talked about this before. The problem Warner Brothers had with this, or AT&T at this point, uh, was the guns. They didn't like the fact that Two-Face and Joker and even Mr. Freeze had guns. So this had to go. This was not something that IDW was blindsided with. I guarantee it. They knew well in advance of December that this was going to be a problem. And they even got this artwork pre-approved. The problem, again, I've talked about this, this artwork is garbage. This is a terrible piece of art. Um, I don't know what happened to Bruce Wayne's arms here. Uh, Riddler and Robin have buck teeth. Scarecrow's fear gas looks like a fart cloud. Two-Face looks like he fell asleep. And people had a problem with Catwoman's butt. Apparently. Catwoman's face looks derpy. But it was the butt that was the problem. Also, Man-Bat. Man-Bat is taking up an awful lot of space here. And Man-Bat sucks. I'm just gonna put that out there. Man-Bat sucks. If you're a fan of Man-Bat, I apologize, but... I don't like him. Man Bat sucks. But yeah, this is not acceptable. And the, uh, the, the backers made it known that this was not acceptable. This was a huge topic of derision. I, for one, was perfectly fine with them slapping this on the cover of the game. Because I don't care what's on the cover of the game. I literally said in one of my comments, you could ship this to me in a white cardboard box with the word Batman written on it. I don't care. The box is going to sit on a shelf, and all I care about is getting those miniatures. But that was not, uh, that was not acceptable. That was not acceptable for uh, the backers in general. So then we have to go through the process of getting new box art approved. So this takes us into February of 2021 to get this new box art approved by uh, Warner Brothers and uh, AT&T. And this is perfectly serviceable. Um. In fact, most people said, you know, if look, you can just slap the the main, you know, Batman the Animated Series logo, this thing right here that everyone knows and loves. People were doing like mock-ups that they made in like in Canva in like five minutes 
of this uh, this artwork. Some people even like didn't do the Batman picture; they just did the Batman the Animated Series logo here. But again, this took a full two months to get approved and to get through their thick skulls. And apparently, over the course of uh, this being drawn up and approved and everything, they lost their place in production at the factory. So, what this did was, uh, th they weren't going to get this thing out by... I don't know what people were expecting at this point. Mid-March, April of 2021 at this point, you know. I, I, I don't know what people were expecting, but that's... Uh, that's the problem that, that we ran into. This was going to push production back. And so now we get to... Let's see if I can find the production update here. Production update and new timelines. This was put out in March of 2021. So, since the art replacement took a little longer than expected, the team had plenty of time to revisit every element of the game for one final quality control pass. We're confident that you will be receiving the best possible BTOS experience. That's hilarious because there are still multiple typos. Um, the, the biggest one that people have pointed out was the title Girls' Night Out is misspelled. The uh, apostrophe is misplaced. So, next it's time for the fun part, the physical sample. The arrival will open up a whole host of possibilities for future update content. Uh, that has come and gone. We'll, we'll get to that, and still no update. We estimate that BTOS will hit the tabletop in late summer of this year. So, BTOS will hit the tabletop in March of 2021. That was the update we were given. And we have not received any more information in that time from then to now about what state production is in, uh, when things are going to be ready, shipping, all of that. And there was a whole kerfuffle that took up a lot of space in the comments about delivering the... Uh, TMNT bundle from the last Kickstarter they did over here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventure City Fall. Adventures City Fall. Or City Fall is the name of it, but anyway. That bundle was made available in Backer Kit uh, for people who wanted to pay the extra $250, I believe, to get the TMNT Kickstarter stuff. So that was stuff that was already manufactured. And it took them until August of 2021 to get that stuff to EU backers. This is because of the EU shipping situation, uh, which, in my mind, as a, uh, a critic 
of government in all uh, shapes and sizes. Uh, th this is what happens when you tightly control your ports this way. Th it, it was an unforced error on multiple accounts. And it, it shows a real problem with, uh, you know, Kickstarter products, especially those uh, shipping from other countries, those emanating from the U.S. and other places, not in continental Europe. The problem they have fulfilling to European backers. And this is a headache that people see on every Kickstarter campaign. Um, shipping to Europe is extremely difficult. And it seems like it's getting even more and more difficult uh, the UK has now become a whole issue uh, because of Brexit. It's a whole mess over there across the pond. Um, it's a nightmare. And that's for uh, books. It's also for... It's even worse for things with this much plastic. Because uh, this box is going to be heavy. This is going to be a heavy, heavy box. It's going to be like... A, hate is now sitting over here, but it, it's going to be like that hate box. Maybe even more. So. That's all the background. Um, they have also, over the course of this campaign, promised regular updates based on, uh, you know, like, the, we're, we're going to do an update every other week was kind of the running promise on Fridays. And then updates would be blown, they'd come and go, and then they'd change, alright, we're going to get back on the horse, and now we're going to do updates every Wednesday, or every other Wednesday. And they'd blow those. So, it was a pattern of promising, we're going to have some kind of information to you every other week, and then continuously blowing that timeline. And when they have done regular updates, we're looking at, you know, the past couple months of updates here. We're looking at old content that was already posted over here on Facebook by uh, Pete Walsh, who, again, we'll get to in just a little bit. Unboxing these character sculpts are these uh, stretch goals. And you'll see in the comments here, there are people who are upset about, uh, you know, when, when are we going to see shipping details on release dates for Australian backers, U.S. backers. This guy is even uh, musing about, you know, asking for a full refund. From March up until today, the same thing. BTOS is slated for a late summer delivery worldwide. This comment right here. This update is a masterclass on how to disappoint your audience. And people have consistently told IDW, we don't care. You know, we've seen the miniatures at this point. We don't care about seeing any more of those. We know what those are going to look like. Uh, we don't care about showing off uh, the contents of these missions anymore. What we want are production updates. We want to know what state production is currently in. And this is not 
an unreasonable expectation for a Kickstarter campaign. It is not unreasonable for companies to say, we need this, this, and this. We're expecting it in this time frame. We're expecting to receive all of this, uh, you know, by, you know, within the next two months. We'll have more information then. What people wanted from this campaign was just what state is production in? What are we waiting on now? And what's it going to take before we get more solid information about when this thing is ready? We don't know for sure if production has even started. I guess we do know that now because we have the final mass production samples, again, coming from Pete Walsh. What we're looking at here are the final production samples. For the Shadow of the Bat, Arkham Asylum, All In Big Box, and Stretch Goals and Exclusives. Yeah, that's what we're looking at here. And beyond that, we've got, you know, the dice, which came in a couple days later. So, we do have the mass production samples, meaning production is close to finished. Close to finished. But we don't know how close. So, let's take her on over to the comment section. So, ten hours ago. Uh, we're looking at comments about, you know, when's the next update? IDW saying it should be later this week. Usually they do updates around, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. This backer, uh, super backer, I'm not going to, like, show names here too terribly long, uh, but I will, I will read this comment to you. Because even to this day, IDW is giving uh, the same updates. Late summer delivery. So, what this uh, commenter is saying is that the six to eight weeks, which for the UK is up to ten weeks if they're lucky. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's start here. So, so if they have chain... Or so, so if they have changed to late summer shipping, they did recently say shipping late summer, not delivering late summer. Uh, that was a very recent development here. So if they have changed to late summer shipping, let's presume no matter how unlikely it may be that everything was on the boats and has left on the last day of September. The six to eight weeks, uh, which for the UK is now up to ten weeks if we're lucky with all the backlog of ships to dock, not to mention the fact that it will now be fighting for space on ships during the run-up to Christmas. That brings us to, let's say, the end of November. Now, customs, clearance, and delivery to the hubs. This seems to be taking extra time in most places, so let's go with another month. However, it's certainly taking longer than that in places, which brings us to New Year's. Then, however long it might take sending from customs to the hubs while the christmas season and the backlog of oh, with the christmas season and the backlog of games they still need to renegotiate for shipping out by the hubs as games that did meet their contracted window will be given priority 
which means 2022, January, and February will be the earliest window for sending out from hubs and deliveries to backers. Looks like those who used IOU last Christmas will need another IOU under the tree again. So yeah. Apparently, four hours ago they said we have some news on production and our next update. So, we'll see at the end of uh, next at the end of this week where production sits. Um, but some of these comments are hilarious. There was a comment the other day where someone point blank replied to another person's comment asking about. Um, yeah. Asking about when this thing is going to show up at their door. And another commenter basically verbatim said uh, exactly what IDW has been saying on all of these updates. And then IDW commented directly underneath them the exact same thing. Almost, verba almost verbatim. It, it was astounding. The level of ineptitude that IDW is demonstrating here is astounding. There, there's no other way to put this. This is not customer service. This is... I don't even know what to call this. This it, It's barely even stalling. It's just saying words to say words. I think the personnel left working on this project because... IDW is shutting its games division down. Uh, they're not going to be making tabletop games anymore. That came out, like, right in the middle of, uh... I think, like, right before the year ended in 2020. Early 2021 was when we first started hearing rumblings about that. But IDW is shutting down their games division. So... Yeah, whoever's left working on this, whoever's left, you know, dealing with the customer service aspects of this, I think in their minds, what they're thinking is we have delayed this game so many times, uh, we've pushed it back as far as we possibly could push it back so many times, we've upset so many people, we are just going to tell them what they want to hear until we can't anymore until doing so would just completely fly in the face of reason itself, and even then push beyond that. It is utter nonsense what they're doing with this campaign. Um, because it's transparently dishonest. It is clear to everyone that... They're not telling the truth. And what Kickstarter backers want more than anything is honesty when it comes to what state the product is currently in. And when, realistically, realistically being the operating word here, they'll be able to have the product in their hands. There have been Kickstarters that have delayed far longer than this one. Star Citizen... Started on Kickstarter, still has not fulfilled. And that Kickstarter kicked off in like 2015 or something like that, maybe even earlier. 
long th- this is not a drop in the bucket when it comes to long delays from Kickstarter. Uh, Shenmue 3 is another good example of this. Uh, I think we saw Shenmue 3 at the end of 2019, maybe 2020 was when the game actually came out. That Kickstarter happened, I believe, when I was in college. So yeah, again, several years. Mighty Number 9, several years and the game wasn't even that good. Uh, long, Long delays, long periods of time in the development of the product in Kickstarter, it's not ideal, but it's expected. Kickstarters are always late, is a kind of, you know, common phrase. I don't like that, personally. I think uh, creators need to be a little bit more realistic in their timelines, uh, and they need to give themselves a little bit more of a window. And I don't know if the issue there is... uh, you know, not, you know, thinking of the possibilities, but I, I think, I think Kickstarter, uh, creators would do better to push their expected delivery date out a bit further and then be able to surprise people with, it's going to be a little bit earlier. That would be preferable to it's going to be at this time but kickstarters are always late so expect a couple delays but i've already talked about that what is i i honestly don't understand the thinking behind what idw is doing here um and as someone pointed out here uh, in the comments, I stopped on a comment here. As a commenter said four days ago, update 79 in March said, next, it's time for the fun part, the final physical samples. As a reminder, those are here. Uh, looks like they came in July 14th and August 3rd. That arrival will open a whole host of possibilities for future update content. When is that happening? And so there have been unboxings. And the commenter even says, uh, when they said we've done unboxing, my mistake for assuming there would be more than Pete's homemade unboxing videos. That's pretty savage. But yeah, this this whole campaign it's it's built on lies, and it's a it's a good thing IDW is shutting down their campaign, be, or not their campaign, their uh, games division, because this basically assures that no one is ever going to back an IDW uh, games campaign on Kickstarter ever again. They even did they did another game through Backerkit exclusively, no Kickstarter. Uh, just through backer kit, um, most likely to avoid this kerfuffle.
But yeah, people are are asking about the uh, timeline. The timeline for this game coming out. There are people who are concerned that this thing is going to be cancelled. I don't believe it's going to be cancelled. But there are people actively demanding a production timeline from IDW. So down here, um, this commenter said, you know, where's your timeline? We want to see it. You're being asked every single day now, what will it take to see the timeline? IDW response, we will share an update when production wraps up. We will also share an update when games are ready to ship out to our fulfillment hubs worldwide. From there, we will continue updating everyone on shipping timelines until fulfillment is complete. Sam Commenter came back and said, uh, how can you continue to do something that you are not currently doing? You have given no, I repeat, no timeline at all. You've given us a vague, at best, reply of late summer, which is not a date. That is not a timeline. It's barely even a window. And I quote, hell, it's more a wide open garage door than it is a window. A door that is rapidly closing, mind you. You see, a timeline is exactly that, a line that shows progression of time with events or significant moments being marked along the line, hence the name Timeline. Isn't that nice? Say it with me, Timeline. So, in order for you to continue updating us, you have to give us an actual update with solid information in the first place. So I guess we will just keep asking every day, but man, oh man, if late summer comes and we all get a sorry, it isn't going to make it, we had no idea, blah, blah, blah. You can fill in the ellipses from there. And unfortunately, based on a pattern of behavior, uh, logic says that's what's going to happen. Uh, late summer, giving them pretty much all of September. Uh, people have been generous and extended late summer all the way up to basically the end of September. Uh, we're midway through August right now. That's just a few weeks away. Um, actually, it's, you know, a month and a half. Okay, so a month and a half to finish production and get everything shipped out. Now, in IDW's defense, I will say there is an update coming in a couple days, according to them. If that update comes, it may very well be that production is wrapped, everything is heading to the fulfillment centers. Or rather, everything is getting put on the boat. I don't know, though. And because they've not given us any expectation of, we expect this at this time. We, you know, we need to do this, this, and this. We need to get this from the factory. We need to sign off on this by this date for everything to be shipped out by the end of the summer. They've not given us any reason to trust anything they say. Um, and they've said we'll have some production information in the next update before and then had no production update at all. So th there's no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. They have not been transparent with us. They have not uh, been honest with us. And they've not done 
any of the work on their end to ensure that their backers, their investors for this project, uh, are content with the information that they're given. Mostly because they just want everyone to be happy, I guess. They don't want people to think that the game's going to be delayed again. Which, if you just come out and say it's going to be delayed, you're going to get it hopefully by the end of 2021. You're going to get it January of 2022. Just say it. Just come out and say it. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait till the 11th hour and then throw up your hands and go, well, I guess we have to be honest now. That's not a way to maintain a relationship with your customers. Now, one person that I do have to shout out because he's done a fantastic job making sure that everyone is, uh, you know, up to date on what's going on. He's actually done work explaining what uh, things are uh, is Pete Walsh. Pete Walsh is one of the designers of uh, the Og system and uh, Batman the Animated Series as well. He also worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. He was one of the main designers on this game. The other one was, uh, I believe, Kevin Wilson. Yes. Kevin Wilson created the AUG system, and Pete uh, is like a co-designer. So the AUG system was born, I believe, with this game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past, which is steeped in the kind of old-school, original uh, Ninja Turtles from the Eastman and Laird comics. And then they did a more modern, uh, with the Nickelodeon branding and all the kind of modern takes on all the characters, version of the Turtles. And all this stuff is compatible because it uses the same rules uh, with a little bit of homebrewing on and on down the line. That being said, uh, Pete's updates, because of IDW's inability to give concrete information, have caused problems. Uh, just to share this one here, the most recent one. Uh, what Pete was unboxing here were the mass production samples, or the, the final samples, basically. Essentially, this is what the factory sends to the quality assurance team and everyone to say, this is what everything's going to look like. Uh, in the consumer's hands. No more approvals, no more, uh, you know, revisions at this point. Just, this is good, or uh, there are problems. So, th again, this was not clearly delineated, and because IDW was not good at giving us information... People assumed that this was still in approval rounds on July 14th. So Pete had to clarify amidst a flurry of angry comments uh, that these were the final samples. 
and that this is basically just quality assurance. So, not only did IDW kind of leave this guy out to dry, and uh, fire him, because, you know, they, they let him go. He parted ways with the company at the beginning of this year because they're shuttering their games division. Uh, but he's still been doing the work on this. He's still been putting as much effort as possible into making sure that this product is good. So Pete Walsh is the hero of this story in many ways. Um, he has overseen this project basically, you know, as, as the fan liaison. He has been talking with the backers and the fans to make sure that everything, uh, you know, is going right. And to actually be someone providing information to the investors. Because IDW is not doing it. And when IDW isn't forthcoming about what's happening, it creates this confusion. And it creates a very awkward situation for a guy who's doing a whole lot of work for someone who just let him go. So, I I don't know what else to say. I'm honestly being a dead horse at this point. Um, IDW. And this is also a message to anyone doing any kind of physical Kickstarter like this, where there's lots of plastic to be manufactured. Be as transparent and honest with your customers as you possibly can be. Nobody is going to be as upset that a game is delayed with enough, you know, advance warning as they will be when at the 11th hour you tell them it's going to be delayed, when all signs, all information from the company pointed to the fact that you were going to have this in the time you expected. Do not... Do not keep things like that from your backers. Especially your backers, who have put a lot of money into the product. And who, in general our understanding of the process. There are new people on Kickstarter who don't necessarily understand the platform. I was one of them at one point. But in general, the the kind of people who are going to drop $225, $250 on this product will understand that delays may happen. They understand that this is not Amazon. You're not going to get this thing in two days. When this was posted in 2020, it was not a physical thing yet. It was a concept. It was a completely thought out, mapped out concept, but it was just a concept. And contributing your money to this project meant that it would become a physical thing at some point. Hopefully within the given timeline. Realistically, maybe a little after the timeline. But you need to give these updates, and they need to be excruciatingly detailed. Let's take a look 
at other... Here we go. Come on, games. Actually, no. Let's use Dark Knight Returns by Cryptozoic as our example here. Same license holder. And Cryptozoic is a company uh, that has had issues in the past. Uh, people have had issues with their Kickstarters before. They had the presence of mind, at least, to give production updates. So yeah, this is all kind of backer kit stuff. If we go back, we're looking at, here we go, to the factory, read more. All right. The game has been approved by our friends at Warner Brothers and files have been sent to the factory. We are on schedule for delivery by December, barring any unforeseen delays. So freight issues, uh, they mentioned here could be a problem. Then we have our factory digital samples. And, I mean, these look pretty good. Also, these pictures, uh, they're not done, like, in a, in a light box or anything like that. But look at that picture quality. Look at the picture quality here. The miniatures in the foreground are crisp. They're clean. You can see the detail. That is how you show off your samples. Is it on a conference table? Yes. But it is framed so that the, you know, the, the game box is in the background. The miniatures are in the foreground, and you can see what they look like. And it doesn't look like it was shot on a potato. We also see the size of the box here. And from there, we're looking at, you know, some updates as far as the, uh, the Batarang dice, which come, and let's see, still looks like some minor production updates, uh, here we go, miniature sample vehicles, these are the vehicles that come with the game. And it says, you know, we're barreling ahead without delay. These are the kinds of updates people are looking for. These are decent updates. Not only are you showing off the samples, but you're also saying, look, there's no delay in production. Um, you know, you're going through the process. You're showing people the process of, you know, creating a game like this. At the end of the day, that's really all anybody wants. Is just a look at the process itself and knowing something may come up. There may be an emergency at the factory. Uh, the, the shipping container situation is completely ridiculous and everyone is dealing with it. Those are understandable problems. You'll have some frustration. You may even have some, uh, some anger 
from a vocal minority of your backers. But in general, those kinds of updates are not a problem. The problem are non-updates, not telling people anything, feeling the need to put out information even when there's no information to put out, or not putting out useful information when there is useful information to put out. So at the end of the day, what we need to learn from this um, is to be transparent with our customers. And IDW, I don't know if anyone from the company is watching this. Um, I hope they are. But again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they care to, to watch something like this, where you know, I'm taking some pretty serious shots at them. With your comics, your, your television, anything you're doing, especially if you're crowdfunding it. Keep people in the loop. Keep your backers in the loop. And trust them to understand that this is a process. We don't come to Kickstarter for instant gratification. We come to Kickstarter to basically bet on these products seeing the light of day. We come to Kickstarter to, to help get projects like this off the ground. Projects that we believe in. Projects that we think will ultimately end up being a fantastic product. We know it's a process. We know it is a journey. And we know that, or we hope, that this journey will pay off ultimately. And we will have a product that we're happy to own, that we get a lot of joy out of, at the end of a lengthy process. That is the understanding when you come in the door at Kickstarter, at Indiegogo, any crowdfunding platform. That's the understanding that informed consumers are coming in with. Give us a reason to have faith in you. Give us a reason to not panic, to not think this is going, you know, this ship is going down. And definitely don't do so twice. Because it looks to me, and it looks to a lot of people in the comments, a lot of people in the community, that you were doing the same thing you did back in December of 2020. I will not be surprised if, let's say, Wednesday or Thursday, the update comes in and there's another delay. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But up until the absolute 11th hour, you have said late summer delivery. Don't give that kind of information if you don't have it. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't let your ego write checks that your body can't cash. That line from Top Gun is applicable to many aspects of life, especially crowdfunding. That is not the way to run a business. And it's definitely not the way to engender support from consumers. I understand, uh, you know, the, 
to their customer service team, I understand that you're basically closing up shop here. This is, you know, the last project, basically. Everything is uh, done after this. I understand that. I understand that completely. Don't treat your customers like this, though. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm disinclined to purchase anything from IDW ever again. Anything. A comic book. You know, I, I don't know... I, I don't trust IDW anymore. And let's, like... Here. Not too terribly long ago, there was a Power Rangers comic Kickstarter. Let's see if I can find it. Complete comic book collection. Oh, this is from Boom. Never mind. Never mind. Forget everything I said. IDW had the license at one point, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, th this applies not just to IDW gaming. This applies all across IDW. I am not particularly inclined to trust IDW entertainment on anything anymore. Uh, they've not earned my trust. So, even if you are going to shut down your games division... You've injured the overall company's uh, credibility. Probably not just in my eyes either. I know I'm one person uh, with a pretty small but growing platform, but I'm not alone. There are a ton of people out there who now don't trust IDW. And it all comes back to this. I'm sure it comes back to several other issues too, but for a lot of people... For a few thousand people who, you know, gave you hundreds and million, millions of dollars. You've damaged your own brand in their eyes. So, yeah. In the future, I would recommend against doing something like that. If you want your company to continue to be seen as a... You know, a good company. Yeah. So, that is it for my coverage of Batman the Animated Series until they release the game. There will be a part three to this discussion where I discuss the rest of what's happening, or the rest of what happened with the campaign, when the game shows up and I do my review of it. Until then, guys. That's all that's all I'm going to talk about with the uh, the Batman the animated series Kickstarter. Um So hopefully that'll be at the end of the summer. Hopefully by, you know, October, November, uh we'll be able to wrap up the saga. I'll have my game and it'll all be cool. I don't believe so, but I hope so. So yeah. That's going to do it for today's episode of Rolling Bones. It was a little bit ranty. 
It was very angry. I'm sorry about that. I don't like doing episodes like this, but, you know, I just felt like I needed to talk about this. This, this is an issue I wanted to bring to light. This is something that I wanted people to hear about. And I'm not going to let a company get away with doing nonsense like this. That's, you know, I. one thing I feel like I should be able to do with this platform is call out companies that are doing stupid things. So, yeah, that's it for uh, tonight's episode. Next week. Uh, I am going to be bringing on the crew from Valor Studios, and we're going to be talking about Deadlands the Hellgate Trilogy. Uh, it'll be one week before the show starts, and we'll be talking all about how Valor Studios came about, uh, what they've done in the past, and what they're looking forward to in the future. We'll be talking extensively about the Hellgate Trilogy, my role in it, and uh, you know why you guys should be excited for that moving forward. And then on the 30th, we will be back in the world of Nighthaven for another adventure with Prax, Rez, and John and Joe Page. So until then, guys, whether you rolled a 1 or 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I will see you all next time.